Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 62. Today we're going to talk about some things that we talked about last week when we had a discussion about a bad practice that my team had and some challenges and doubts that I was facing. And so we're going to kind of build on that conversation again today. Before we do that, we're going to talk about Cleat It Up, cleatitup.com. Go to cleatitup.com and learn all about Cleat It Up, the tool that you need to use. It's a free app for your phone that will solve all your team communication challenges. So either player to player, coach to player, or across the organization. Also check out Nextair. Nextair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the southeast, Nextair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Nextair product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Nextair. They'll take care of all your needs. And finally, let's talk about Patreon. Patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Uh, we've been uh, asking you for a while now if you're in a position where you can become a patron, if you can help support Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep, uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, we are doing everything we can to avoid becoming some sort of a subscription-type service. We want to keep it free, and the best way for that to happen is for those of you that can afford to, to help us uh, by becoming a patron. If you go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch, the different levels and the different uh, types of support and recognition that you will receive will be explained there. So, Don... Last week we were talking about, uh, is it okay as a coach to tap out? Are there times when you're just fighting a fight that you can't win? And uh, you kind of talked me in off the ledge. I was thinking about jumping there for a minute. So this past week, I've had a lot of time to kind of reflect on that. And I think the discussion that we had was interesting and kind of eye-opening. And I'm sure that it's something that our coaching friends, people that listen to Coach Prep, go through. Because you're out there and it feels like you're working your butt off. You're doing everything you can and it's just not clicking. It's just not, they're, they're not getting it. No matter how hard you try to teach it, they're just not learning it. It's this uh, very frustrating conundrum where it leaves you kind of doubting yourself and your abilities as a coach because it seems like no matter how hard you try, the players just are not connecting with what you're saying. They're just staring at you, looking at you. And, like, and it's like, what was that you yeah. just said? Is that, was that English you just spoke to me, coach? But yeah, so that's the uh, background, battle with my confidence after a bad practice. And so what I wanted to think about and talk about today was uh, the realization that I came to that some of that doubt and some of that frustration comes from what I would say are unreasonable expectations. And I think that we have to talk about what's a reasonable level of expectation and really what's unreasonable for us as coaches and kind of give some background. You know, for our listeners, you know that Coach Don and I spent the majority of our coaching careers coaching at the college level. Right. And because we're coaching at the college level, we had many benefits. We got to see the players all the time. We had, uh, you know, the opportunity in uh, certain times of the year to be practicing five or six days a week, two or three or four hours a day. And we had a lot of time to work on things. And we were also with really Talented Pretty much players. High, high-end players, right. Right. The challenge that I've come to grips with, and I think this is what really led to my battle of uh, self-confidence last week, is I'm judging the players progress. that I'm working with now and the progress yeah. that we're making from the perspective of 
all those years of college coaching where I had sure. 20 hours a week to work on something instead of two or three hours a week. A weekend. And yeah. having you know the opportunity to work with kids all the time and teaching them the same skills and the same strategies and the same plays that now we're trying to condense down into 15 minutes on one thing and then 30 minutes on another and then 15 minutes on something else. How unreasonable it was for me to be that frustrated by the fact that Something that I would have spent hours working on with players in the past was frustrating me that we couldn't get it in 30 minutes. Sure. No, and that makes sense. And I mean, again, you just want to continue to share and give more and do more and spread it out over a bunch of different things, too. So um, that totally makes sense. To right. Me. But good. so for, from a coaching sanity perspective, we need to make sure that we're starting to think about what's reasonable and what's unreasonable and making sure that our perspective and how we're judging what we're doing and what our team is capable of doing is based on a little bit more reasonable level of understanding. I wanted us to jump into that idea today because, number one, I've gotten kind of past that uh, suicidal uh, state <laughs> I was in because the more I have thought about it is it's, it's um, something that I'm going to continue to work on. All the things that uh, we're struggling with are things that we're going to continue to try to improve upon, but I'm not going to lose my mind if we don't get some of this stuff right away or right, as yeah. quickly as, as I want us to. Because once it dawned on me that some of what I'm asking them to do is really foreign to them, it really is uh, you know, a changing of, of habits and a changing of, uh, of what they're used to, it just wasn't logical for me to think that it was going to happen in a couple of practices. And I think a lot of the anticipative uh, pieces of it are more acquired than necessarily just uh, talked about and received so quickly, right? Right. Maybe. So they need more opportunity, right. maybe, and, to and, and I think we just, get it. Yeah, we all just need to kind of take a, a step back and, and take a deep breath and go, okay, so we made progress. At least they now have an idea of what, what we're, we're trying for. to do, even though yeah. we're not good at it yet. Yeah. And then if we work on it again, hopefully we'll get a little bit better at it. But if my judgment is going to be, if we're not really good at it after one more practice, I'm going to be back on the ledge, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the fact is that the fact that I was so frustrated isn't their fault, it's my fault, or it's my, you know, it's not their perspective, it's my perspective that needed to be adjusted a little bit. And I think that it's a trap that all of us fall into as coaches. The other thing I wanted us to talk about when we talk about reasonable and unreasonable is helping players start to have a better understanding of what's reasonable for them to expect. I guess what's reasonable for them to think that they can accomplish or can do on the softball field. One of the things that uh, I was frustrated with last week was our outfielders struggling with and not being able to see that there's a time and a place for different types of decisions to be made. There's times when we should be throwing an out, a runner out at the plate. There's times when we have to recognize that we can't throw that same runner out at the plate. And the more I thought about it, I think one of the challenges is that for many of our players, they really are not aware of what they can reasonably expect to do. For some of them, you know, they feel the ground ball in deep center field, and they see that runner who's trying to score from second, and that runner is 20 feet from home plate. They've got the ball 150 feet from home plate. In their minds, they don't understand that unless they can throw the ball like 300 miles an hour, it's not happening. they can't throw that runner out. So when we talk about what's reasonable for them is helping them to start to see the game that way and to understand that, that they have to be aware of what their abilities are, what their limitations are, and to make sure that we're kind of framing what we're asking them to do from that basis. And I think that was one of the things that, again, is, is adding to a layer of everybody's uh, frustration. Because if I'm an outfielder, and I really think I can throw everybody out no matter where they're at, 
I'm going to think my coach is crazy for telling me, well, why did you throw it home? You had no play. Of course I should, because I can get them, right? Right. And, yeah. and, and if I haven't trained enough, if I haven't worked on it enough, if I haven't been experienced with it enough to know to the realize. difference, to realize, to be reasonable, yeah. I'm going to be unreasonable. And somebody said go four, so I'm going four. I'm throwing it home no matter what, because somebody said throw it home. But in my mind's eye, I should have been able to look and see that the runner's shaking hands with the on-deck hitter. They're high-fiving yeah, already. You know, they're, they're in the dugout you know, celebrating the run that they scored. Chances are the throw home is not the reasonable play anymore. Right. From a coaching perspective, I think we need to start doing some very literal things with our players to help them start to see some of these things. And uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I think is, is very important is trying to give them a way to have a little bit of a space-time understanding. So maybe we need to invest in some cones. Maybe we need to invest in something that we can lay out on the field. So let's say we mark the halfway point between home and third. And, and the we start to, mark. right, and, yeah. and so that you know, as our fielders are fielding, as that outfielder is coming up with that ball, she has a perspective on how far away the runner really is. You know, maybe we do the same thing if we've got a potential pickoff play at third base, let's say, so that the catcher, when she peeks out of the corner of her eye and she sees that the base runner is three feet from third base or the runner is 23 feet from third base, are two different things that give her different options and different perspectives and I, like, I think i like the idea of the cones there too tori when we're at level one level two level three when she right. gets to level three that's time to fire right and yeah. to start to use some of those kinds of tools because i think that the uh, optical right and, and again where our unreasonable expectations come from from a coaching perspective i've been around it long enough that i know my outfielder cannot throw the ball 300 miles an hour and so i get frustrated or angry or disappointed when she thinks she can now, she knows she's really not throwing it that fast, but she thinks that her 60-mile-an-hour throw or 70-mile-an-hour throw can still accomplish the same thing. Sure. So if we can start to have some tools and some ways to help them see where that runner really is, kind of the time that it takes for the ball to get from point A to point B, those kinds of things, that it helps us maybe get everybody on the same page a little bit faster. And I think that, that that's one of the things that came out of my moment of doubt last week is thinking that that's some of the stuff that we really need to do a better job of as coaches is giving the kids the experience with what that perception is and what the reality is of what they can really accomplish. So I'm seeing multiple, multiple uh, learning opportunities here on everything fast pitch. We talked about base running and um, just like you're saying, if we've got uh, half of our team starting at second base and working on rounding third to go home, Right. That's a nice, easy opportunity for our outfielders to get a gauge on um, where they do have a chance to still make a play, and when we need to, you know, keep the batter off a second. Right. You know. Yeah. And I think that that's you know a, a perfect example. And so, um, so let's say you know normally what we do is we have our outfielders. We're we're going to change that because we we're saying make our outfielders run, but now we're going to let our outfielders run when we're doing infield stuff. Right. So now we got to let our infielders run and work on their base running when we're working on some of the outfield stuff. Nice. So. Obviously, you're still going to have some infielders in their positions because the outfielders never make throws where there's no one else on the field. You might have um, to have a couple assistant coaches makeshifting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so then maybe we set some cones up so that you've got an orange cone, a red cone, and a or a green cone, a yellow cone, and a red cone. And so that we put those distances out and say, okay, if she's at the red cone or beyond, red means stop. So I'm not throwing her out. Yellow cone means, hey, if I'm coming up and I'm not too deep and I feel good about making this throw, that's the range that I can make a throw. 
and the green means if she's going and she's still at the green cone, I'm going home because I know for sure I'm going to throw her out. Those kinds of tools to give those outfielders that perspective. And then we can have the base runners running, trying to score from second on that base hit. Then they're working on the base running aspect of it. They're working on cutting getting the corners, angles. getting good angles, all yeah. that stuff. But then the outfielders get a chance to be reasonable and knowledgeable about, okay, wait a second. I used to think I could throw it fast enough to get her from the red cone, but now I can see that that's not realistic. And if we do those kinds of things enough, then we'll start to pick up on where the, the plays cut, need the to be made lines. and, and, and yeah. what the choices need to be as we're making those kinds of decisions. And arms get stronger, runners get faster. And, right. You know, and, and increasing that, that softball IQ that we talk about all the time, if, especially if we're using our teammates because we know them. If I'm the next outfielder in line to try to throw this runner out at the plate and I look out there and it's Tori who's the slowest person on the team, well, then I've got a different understanding of what my possibilities might be. So I'm going to get you, Tori. Right. Yeah. Or, or if it's <laughs> you and it's the fastest person on the team, yeah. then, okay, so that gives me, again, a different kind of challenge. And so it just educates them on what's reasonable for them to expect. And I think some of those kinds of things are, are important. So I think for us as coaches, we need to make sure that we're working on these things. Because I think where a lot of our frustration as coaches comes in is things that we think are obvious that the players don't. I find that the longer we coach too, Tori, that uh, we get caught up in that that idea that we've covered this, we've done this, right. and I can breeze over it and everybody's got it. Right. But it's not not necessarily so. Yeah. And yeah. even if half the team you know, had been a part of a big thing that we did covering something, a couple of kids missed it. You yeah. know? So I now, get, even last week, it could have yeah. been something we did that we covered like crazy, and all of a sudden, two kids that were at the taking the ACT or whatever yeah. last Saturday and missed practice, all of a sudden, they're out there like, well, what do you mean I can't throw it 200 miles an hour? So I constantly have to catch myself right. yeah, on that. But I think that it's important because from a coaching perspective, if we don't want to drive ourselves crazy, if we don't want to spend our time really being frustrated and, and suicidal and angry and, and disappointed and all those other negative feelings, we got to start to frame it from a different perspective. We need to be reasonable for what's, what, what we can expect from the players for the amount of time and effort and energy that we can put into each team and each topic. Yeah. And then we need to be reasonable in helping our players understand what they can and cannot do so that instead of being frustrated every single time that outfielder throws the ball home when there is no play, we have to set it up so that it becomes more obvious to her, more clear-cut to her what is reasonable and what is unreasonable in her expectation of what she can do. And then I think that cuts the gap, closes the gap on what we want to see happening and what's really capable of happening. No, I think that's a great plan, Tori. And I think the visual piece is huge. You know, when they get to see it and do it and the cones and could be buckets, whatever you got. Right. And so uh, coaches, when you're at your darkest hour, when you're about ready to say the heck with this, I'm going home. If you suck it up, finish it out and kind of think back through, I think you're going to have kind of the same realization that I had this past week is that there's a lot of things that contribute to us being frustrated as coaches. And some of it's our own dumbness. It's our own stupidity. It's our own foolishness, but also it's uh, just a basic lack of communication and understanding about what's really expectable and what's really doable for our kids. And so if we start to reframe some of those things and and re-examine it, I think we're going to do a bunch better job. And I think, Tori, you kind of touched on something earlier too about uh, effort, what kind of effort the kids are putting forth both mentally and physically. And 
last week you talked about asking the kids to grade their performance, right? Uh, whether it's swing to swing or for a whole set, you know, whatever it might be. But um, at the end of these workouts too, if we're you know making the kids be accountable to uh, grade their effort, it's like what kind of effort did you put forth today? Was it a a hundred percent day or did you slack? And if they have to verbalize it and go, well, you know, I probably was only about 80% today. Right. Because they know you're watching too. And they know if you had a good day or not. And right. I think that's kind of a nice way to encourage them to give a hundred percent because lazy is going to produce lazy. That's what we're going to get in, in game time too. Right. And, so. and, and ultimately the bill gets paid. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're thinking about Gotta it. Bring it. Don, anything else uh, for uh, coach prep today? No, I hope everybody has a good week. Okay, so please check out our sponsors, Clean It Up, Next Air, and our Patreon page, patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. For Coach Don McKinley and our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to episode number 62 of Coach Prep, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yeah.